Welcome to the podcast of the Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jim Cole, and I'm proud to be the 96th president of Las Vegas Rotary. Las Vegas Rotary's main focus is on youth, specifically youth literacy and life skill development. If you're in town, we invite you to join us at the Lowry's Prime Rib at noon on Thursdays. You can also find more information about our meetings on lasvegasrotary.com. If you're unable to join us, we live stream our meetings on Facebook at noon Pacific Time Thursdays. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Good afternoon, uh, fellow Rotarians. Um, th- this club has had an incredible tradition over many years of associating with the rock stars of elementary education. And, and certainly the presentation that we had from Katie today is, uh, is a testament to that. So I'm, I'm pleased that we have another um, rock star from the school district with us to speak to us today. Christy Keller um, served for many years in the Clark County School District, starting out um, as a special education teacher, then as a dean of students, an assistant principal, and then principals of both a middle school and a high school, and then finally finished up her career um, as an assistant superintendent and oversaw 23 schools in the district. Today, though, she is now working with Moon Ridge, which many of uh, you will know is a group that was started some years ago by uh, Julie Murray. Uh, Julie has spoken to our club. And Moon Ridge is a philanthropy catalyst. Uh, They basically help direct the funds of donors in our community towards the efforts that really need the most help in Las Vegas. And we were fortunate enough uh, with our last big project as a club when we assisted uh, Katie with Hollingsworth Elementary, Moonridge was the group that oversees the Greater Good Council and helped the Greater Good Council find Hollingsworth and that opportunity. So I'm, I'm proud that we can have Christy with us and to hear about a project that she's been working on that's of great concern to uh, children in our community. Christy Keller. Thank you, President Jim, and thank you, Tom Thomas, for having me and facilitating my appearance here. I'll tell you, I learned from my table mates that this is the longest standing Rotary Club in Nevada. Is that right? And so I just have to ask, if you're going to feed me this kind of good food, can I come back? Okay, all right, you got a deal. This is great. So I'm here to talk to you about play. And you might wonder what that has to do with Nevada Medical Center. And we'll get to that, but just a second, let me give you a quick glimpse. I promise it'll be the Reader's Digest version of how I became involved. As Tom was telling you, I was with the school district for 30 years, and before any of you start doing the math on how old I am, I started teaching when I was 12, okay? So I did do 30 years with the school district, the most rewarding time of my life, because it basically speaks to what you all are here gathered for today, service to others. And I will tell you, being a middle school principal, I was privileged to open uh, Larry and Heidi Canarelli Middle School, where we had 2,500 middle school students. That will test your physical and mental strength for sure. And then the superintendent called me and said, we have a diamond in the rough that needs your help. So I went over to Durango High School, and the graduation rate when I got there was 68%. When I left, it was 81. So quiet it. Thank you. Thank you. That was... A lot of work, and I'm sure as we were talking about earlier, there were some teachers there who probably were like, oh gosh, I want her to go away. 
but they were the ones who probably didn't help raise the graduation rate. And so a lot of work happened there, and my predecessor is taking that good work I started and continuing it. So that's a little about me. Um, I was actually retired from the school district for about three days, and I had the good fortune to meet Julie Murray through a friend of mine. And Julie looked at me and said, you're way too young to retire. You're coming to work at Moonridge. I said, oh, I am? And so here I am today. It's been great fun working with Julie. She told me to say hello to all of you. She knows many of you in this room. So hello from Julie. And as Tom exp explained, Moonridge Group does really guide and advise the work of corporate and family foundations. One of our clients happens to be the Nevada Medical Center. I'm going to spend some time talking about that organization and what the Nevada Medical Center has to do with play, because it might seem like an odd pairing. You're not alone. It is to most people. So, very briefly, the Nevada Medical Center is a nonprofit organization that was founded by the late Eric M. Hilton, who helped Julie start Three Square many years ago. And before he passed, he said, Julie, I have one more dream. I want to create an organization that convenes individuals in and outside the healthcare field so that we can work together, collaborate, and solve some of our most pressing healthcare needs in Nevada for Nevada citizens, residents, and those who visit Nevada. So 43 million visitors a year, it's important if you visit here that our healthcare is of quality. His vision really was to make sure that his inspiration, which it truly was, could be the hub of collaboration. Our goal is that NMC, Nevada Medical Center, I'll call it NMC for the rest of my presentation, is seen as the hub that convenes people like-minded folks to solve actionable problems in a forward progressive way towards our healthcare. Because healthcare matters to everybody in this room and as outside this room as well. It's a little strange, the name, because people say, well, Christy, where is the Nevada Medical Center? It's not really a center. So you have to think of center in terms of convening, collaborating in that form. It's not a place where you go and get a healthcare wellness check. It really is more of a synergy to gather up folks in and outside the healthcare world to make changes into healthcare for Nevadans. So it's not really a center, we're not a medical service provider. So I wanna be clear about that. I can give you an analogy from teaching to help you maybe understand it a little bit better. When I was at Durango High School, we had amazing teachers, gifted, born to teach, knew what to do, never had to worry about them. We had teachers who struggled and with some coaching could have gotten better. We had teachers who were brand new that needed some help because your first year of teaching is always a very interesting experience as Katie and her team can attest to. But what would happen is for years in education, the great teachers went in their room, the door shut, they took care of their 150 students, never talked to anybody, you said hi to them, they came to meetings, they did what you asked them to do and they went home. Those kids were well taken care of. The middle teachers who struggled and some that really had some issues that needed to be addressed had the same issue. Went in the room, took care of their kids, shut the door, and there was never a collaboration between the top-notch teachers, the teachers who needed some support and coaching. It was a very much working and isolation kind of endeavor. So that's what Eric M. Hilton's vision and dream was for the Nevada Medical Center, is how do we get the great healthcare providers in our state not to work in isolation, but to work together with business and industry leaders and Rotarians to solve our most health, pressing healthcare problems. So hopefully that helps give you 
a quick glimpse on what it really is. Because it's a little bit, and we're still working on our brand. People are like, what is NMC? I've not heard of you. So hopefully you'll leave here today and understand a little bit more about us. So a couple of our areas of focus have to do with the healthcare report card. And I put one at each of your tables. If you did not get one, I think there might be some tables that got one. If you didn't, I'll give you my email address. If you'd like it, I can send it to you, an e-version. But real quickly, the healthcare report card, we launched it last year in 2017. We re-released it, the second edition, this year just about a few weeks ago. It basically gives legislators, the media, philanthropists, citizens, you in this room, healthcare providers, et cetera, a glimpse into how Nevada ranks in comparison to other states in six categories. And you have that report card in front of you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I want to get to really what I'm here to talk to you about. But to back up that healthcare report card that you all have at your table is a data portal. I'll call it the um, power plant, if you will. And we partnered with Jeremy Aguero at Applied Analysis, and he and his team of experts compiled thousands of data sources about those various categories you see in the report card so that when you visit the Nevada Medical Center website, if you're curious about doing a deeper dive into how we rank as a state with healthcare in regard to other states, I encourage you to do that because there's demographic data, there are subsets and other indicators in there. So you can see in chronic disease, for example, how African-American males rate in Nevada compared to other states and how we're trending there. So I'll make sure you have the website. I think it's on the report card for you if you'd like to have that. But that is one of our pillars. And I'm going to explain how that report card gets to play, I promise. Oh, before I get too going, we can't talk about play without giving some play science balls. You get a play science ball, and I'll be giving out gifts as we go along. The Nevada Health Commission, this is also a pillar of the Nevada Medical Center. They held their first inaugural meeting about three weeks ago. It's a small five-member body uh, that represents public and private partnerships. And what the Health Commission is going to do is take the data from the report card and the data portal and other reports across the country that tip, sadly rank Nevada. Where do you think Nevada's ranked, Rotarians, in terms of health care? Right, which is why it's interesting I'm standing up here because I said to Julie one day, gosh, where do you think education in Nevada always gets ranked? And here I am now talking about health care. Is it me? Am I like the unlucky penny or what? I'm not sure. But what I have learned is there's a lot of similarities between health care in Nevada and education in Nevada. So they are going to take specific long-term and short-term challenges and work to address them with your help and other groups like you so that we can actually say we're doing something and not just talk about, okay, here's where our challenges are, but actually take steps to fix them. The other, so most of the reason, oh, I want to tell you all something real quick. If you'll notice on your report card, we have a D in the grade for access to health care. And I have to tell you all, it was an F last year. So we got up a little bit, and that's because of the numbers of people that are insured now with the Affordable Care Act. But it really isn't so much that we have a problem insuring Nevadans. You know what our problem is? I'm not, I'm sure all of you already know, I'm speaking to the choir. We don't have enough providers. Not only medical doctors, nurses, LPNs, RPNs, nurse practitioners, specialists, that's our real issue. And that's being addressed by the Nevada Health Commission. 
So here's another area of focus and one I'm going to spend a bit of time with you today. It's the Global Science of Play Institute. NMC is hoping to lead the way to demonstrate the value of play, that play is vital for people of all ages, not just the language of children, but for people from birth to the end of life. Play reduces stress, increases joy, and creates meaningful connections. So in sum, the Nevada Medical Center is a collaborative, innovative prevention and wellness organization positioned to become the hub among the healthcare community. Here is our board of directors. I'll let you look at those. Again, Julie Murray is the president. She says hello. I think many of you know the board of directors. I got to tell you, Senator Bryan is a hoot. Sitting with Senator Bryan at the board meetings, his first sort of questions about play, he said, I, I, Christy, I kind of don't get it. Play is frivolous, right? Like, what do you mean play for somebody my age? But now Senator Bryan's one of our greatest cheerleaders. So hopefully you'll be too here in a few minutes. These are the grades and the current report card that you all have a copy of, and I won't go over them, but I am going to talk about the grade to mental health, even though overall it was a C in our state. I have to tell you, sadly, it's an F when it comes to young people. Yes, and here's, here's some reasons why. Oops, I went too fast. You may or may not know this, maybe some shocking statistics for you. One in every 10 teens in Nevada attempt suicide. Did you all know that? One in every 10. Nevada has one of the highest suicide rates in the country. The student counselor ratio, Katie knows this, student counselor ratio in Nevada is 500 to 1. So Katie's counselor is supposed to advise, counsel, and keep track of 500 students, even though the American School Counselor Association recommends 250 to 1. So Nevada's twice the average. And I'm glad folks of your stature in this room are hearing this because when people say, why is Nevada can't do more in schools? Here's one reason. How can a counselor be keep track of 500 students? 250 is a lot, right? But 500 is certainly too many. So Nevada sadly earned a grade of F for its prevalence of mental health issues among youth. So you might be wondering at this point, and if you are, you're in good company. I still don't quite get it. We live in a deadline-driven society where play is frivolous. It's for kids, Christy. Why are you talking to me? I'm an adult about play. Here's another reason you might be thinking. With technology being so dominant with today's kids, many are not practiced at the art of spontaneous play. What do you think our kids are practiced at? Some of you have them at your tables. Cell phones. Do you have to look somebody in the eye when you're on a cell phone? No. How many of you have been to dinner and seen couples our ages? Notice I just made myself younger than, than I am. And there's a couple having dinner, and they're texting each other. But they're sitting right next to each other. Has anybody ever observed that but me? I always want to go over and go, you know, you could talk to him. He's right here. But I don't do that. But I do wonder. The lack of play leads to social disconnectedness, low emotional intelligence for both children and adults. Play helps kids stay physically active, builds valuable social skills. It's the foundation for social and emotional learning. It teaches resiliency, confidence, self-expression. It encourages fairness, conflict resolution, and communication. And studies have validated that increased quality and quantity of play improve the long-term outcomes for disadvantaged children. 
Play teaches kids how to relate, connect, solve problems. Play is the hallmark for establishing a socially cohesive adult. Play, as Katie will tell you, and leads all of her schools this way, play equals learning. Play brings joy. We need more joy in our lives, don't you think? Here are the elements of play. Anticipation, understanding, surprise, strength, pleasure, and poise. Skills, not all of them. Some of the skills developed through play. Strength, stamina, empathy, creativity, ingenuity, and surprise. I was thinking about my, on my drive here today, and something occurred to me, probably because I spent some time at Bracken this week with Katie. The skills learned on the playground are the skills you need in life to succeed, something our kids are sorely not getting. For example, cooperation, teamwork, the value of relationships, sharing, listening, eye contact. Responsibility, leadership. Are those skills you think our young people need? Are they skills that you all have used in your life to be successful? I would bet so. And President Jim gets a, a play science ball. You're welcome. So let me share some more examples. It takes strength to read. It takes strength to read a whole series, especially if it's Harry Potter. Creativity. Two extreme examples, creative nonetheless. Lady Gaga, Albert Einstein. Stamina. Ingenuity. Empathy. Surprise. And I hope I can get this to play. Is that not great? I, that's my favorite. Tell me that he doesn't understand play. He absolutely does. Playing is mud, sweat, and gears. So let's talk a minute about what play is not. Play is not fear, intimidation, shock, harassment, anger, bullying, weakness, fragility, unease, or clum clumsiness. Without you having to be put on the spot, but if you want to play science ball, you could certainly give me an answer. Do you think there's an increase of these not play examples in our schools, our city, our country, our world, our planet? Which is why it's so refreshing for me to be here with a group of you today. And I have to tell you, singing the Star Spangled, Spangled, Spangled Banner is the greatest thing ever. It just feels good. You get to play science ball. You were agreeing with me. Love it. So those are examples of not play. This is, oh, I forgot to tell you in the beginning, I am not a play science expert by any means. What I do know is about play and learning as an educator. 
This is the Nevada Medical Center play science expert. You have an article he, he wrote for you in your packets. And his name is Dr. Stuart Brown. He's written several books on play. I encourage you to look him up. He's fascinating. He does come to Las Vegas as our keynote speaker for many events. He spoke at the GCUA at UNLV. He's done some things at Bennett Preschool. He did the City of Las Vegas uh, keynote address for their employees. So he is working with us on this project, specifically as relate to play. And I'm going to read this not because you need me to read to you, but I just think it's so well said. Those who play rarely become brittle in the face of stress or lose the healing capacity for humor. Good players generally handle aggression and humiliation well. The non-player acts like and is a victim with the victim's narrow outlook. He's an 85-year-old scientist. He founded the National Institute for Play, and I hope if you ever get the chance to meet or hear from him, you take us up on that because he's truly incredible. And you'll find his article very interesting. So why is the Nevada Medical Center focusing on play? Here are some reasons. And I'm going to ask Katie to help me out here in just a second. Decreased recess and playtime in schools. Discouragement of real play. Overemphasis on standardized testing. Low reading math and science scores. Increasing rates of ADHD and autism. And a growing obesity problem. And it's not like leaders of schools walk into their buildings every day and say, oh, I'm going to ne neglect recess. That, that's not what they say or do. But it is a consequence of what happens when you're focusing on testing, making the mark. And I'm not for a minute telling you all that those things don't need to happen. We, of course, want our children to grow academically every day. But I will also tell you there's a magic to academic performance. Kids have to be happy at school. They have to want to come to school. They need to connect with their peers. And if they don't have time at recess to play to learn to connect with their peers, then they're likely not going to do as well academically. It's a cyclical situation. It's not one or the other. Here's other reasons. We need young people that can solve sophisticated problems and challenges of the 21st century. Highly imaginative and cre creative thinkers we need folks who are flexible, adaptable, in the face of our rapidly changing technological world. We need to foster belonging and community in a mostly charged political and social landscape. Is that last bullet very true, especially in the world we, we find ourselves living in today? Here are some other staggering national statistics. 6% of children ages 9 to 13 play outside on their own. 6%. How many of you remember digging forts? I do. My mom used to have to call me in at 10 o'clock at night in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, where have you been? I was digging a fort with friends. Hide and seek. We'd play that for hours and hours. And I know the world has changed and supervision of children has changed. But 6%. 8 to 18-year-olds spend 53 hours per week with entertainment media, which basically means their cell phones. And I'm going to venture a guess that that number is probably higher than 53 hours a week. American children get only 26 minutes of recess per day, including lunch, despite the proven cognitive benefits. And Katie, would you like to speak a minute about it's actually often less than that? Playing for only about 10 minutes 
and some of them it's 15 minutes. At all three of my schools, I've worked out the schedule so they get 20 minutes. Um, and that is the most that we can give them because they have 20 minutes to eat and then 20 minutes to play. But it really does depend on scheduling. And our school days here are too short, way too short. So if we had more time, we could play more. So here's Katie's mantra that I'll steal from Katie, 19 more minutes. If we had 19 more minutes in our instructional day, principals wouldn't have to choose what Katie just described to you. They wouldn't have to cut their recess to 10 minutes. Katie does a marvelous job at her school to make sure kids have value with each other and social connectedness. But not every principal does that. I'm working with a school right now that I'll talk a little bit about that has 10-minute recesses. 10 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. What can you, you barely get out there, you're coming back in, right? Here are some of Nevada Medical Center's partners. We've partnered with a national organization called Playworks. They're an amazing organization. They're in over 450 schools in the country. They have had a hard time breaking into Nevada until I came on board because I was a former district employee and I just called Katie and said, are you game? And of course I knew Katie would be. They help school leaders build valuable social skills through play. So, so far Nevada Medical Center has done demonstration site work at Hollingsworth just this week at Bracken, and we're about to partner with Crestwood. We're also going to strike up a partnership with AARP because seniors, we believe, need playtime as well. Do you agree? Here's what we've been measuring at our demonstration projects. The number of students engaged in play, number that are physically active, cooperation among students, amount of time transitioning from recess to the classroom, Reduction in disciplinary referrals, bullying, verbal and physical altercation, and reduction in visits to the health office. These are just a couple of points from one of Katie's schools at Hollingsworth, where we worked with her last fall and spring. The number of her daily disciplinary referrals from before the play intervention that we did at her school to after, you can see went from four to one. The reduction in daily visits to health office went from 10 to less than two just with kids learning how to reconnect with each other and truly playing. More data points that came right from Katie's teachers. 87% of the teachers said the play intervention increased the number of students engaged in healthy play. 85% said that their students were more physically active. Here's some examples how some of you might play. Barbecue, picnics, walk with your dog, bowling league, poker night, idle conversation on the ski lift, email jokes, charades and battleship, chef, chess, golf, swimming, and whatever else you define as play in your life. To quote our play scientist, Dr. Brown, we are built to play and built through play. Question and answers. And there's the website if you want to do a deeper dive in any of the data I shared with you. And then there's, we also have a global science of play website as well. So I wanted to make sure I at least let a couple of minutes. I have two minutes for some question and answers. So as Katie said, 19 more minutes. Yes. What's stopping us from doing that? What, who's holding that back? We, we got to get the legislator, legislators convinced that we need more minutes in our school day. It does come at a cost for sure. Um, but I also think not having the 19 minutes comes at a greater cost. So it's policy change at the state level. Good question. What is the cost 
<laughs> you'd have to extend the day for the teachers, and so you'd probably be talking about a teacher-negotiated contract of more minutes, so it'd be more salary. on their contract is their daily rate of pay um, and it's 19 minutes based on their daily rate of pay that they get for the additional time. So if you do that math, somebody has a calculator, you're talking 2,500 per teacher for about 20 more minutes of instruction times about 19,000 teachers. So it's, it's, a, it's an expensive proposition for sure. Any other questions? I, I just want to mention real yes. quick too, we are doing Playworks um, this week at Bracken. And any one of my playgrounds, you guys can come at lunchtime if you want to see what it looks like in action. All of our students are actually engaged in play. And the students are the recess coaches. And we do some chants and cheers and some yoga. So you can play a little bit too if you join us. The chants and yoga are the best. Because it gets kids ready from the recess hat. They take off the recess hat and they put on their learning chant hat. And they do it with the chant, uh, what is it, Katie? The mozzarella pizza or peel the banana. Peel, peel the banana. I, you can tell I've been at Katie's schools a lot lately. Any, one more last question before I turn it back to President Jim? Yes. I probably don't need a mic either. I have a playground voice. My, my question is about the methodology of, you said, the high suicide rate. Um, if you're just looking, whether you're looking at police reports or whether those are truly Nevada residents, because if they're not, if they're tourists, and that incident happens here, maybe we are better, yeah, and our suicide rate isn't that high. Yeah, that's a great question. That actually came from the Nevada Department of Behavioral Health of residents, not visitors. That's a great, great question. Hey, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for Hey, really fascinating presentation, and I'd like to present you uh, a Share What You Can Award, and uh, so we give this to you, and we will feed a needy veteran in your name with a hot meal. Thank you for coming. Uh, speaking of play, uh, Stu Lipoff uh, dropped me a note in the middle of the thing and asked me to talk to the club and say, go Sox. So he's a big Red Sox fan. Um, if you don't have a directory, if you have not got the new directory, and, and this includes uh, recent inductees, please check with Sean Norda. Um, so as we leave here today, uh, let's go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all persons, love and serve each other, rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Be people of action, be the inspiration. Meeting adjourned. Oh, board meeting. We hope you enjoyed this podcast of our latest meeting. If you'd like to know more about our projects or are interested in membership in the club, please visit us at lasvegasrotary.com. Now go forth and be the inspiration.